Mind Crime Lift Show with me, Swindon Dobson, and him, Tim Patton. Today we discuss, are politicians stupid, mistaken, or evil? A topic that um, raises its head in, well, libertarian circles um, and other circles, conservative circles, etc., which is, why is it the case that um, politicians almost always introduce policies which are just plainly terrible? Uh, particularly from the libertarian perspective, like economic policies, you know, uh, increased government spending, increased taxation, um, you know, more, well, back in the day, the introduction of fiat money, etc. The, the question is, why is it the case that they enact such terrible policies? Um, more of sort of like the mainstream classical liberal types who sort of um, populate the Beltway think tanks and think tanks, say, in the UK, like uh, the Adam Smith Institute, for instance. I mean, not all, but most of them will have the idea that, well, you know, all the politicians have the right. I, they've got the good intentions at heart, but they've just sort of enthralled to bad ideas. They're, they're, they're just merely mistaken. Um, more radical libertarians types, and I think you could include, well, well, Rothbard would be included in here, mostly sort of see them as... Um, just self-interested primarily i mean that's the basis of rothbard's sort of conspiracy uh, conspiracy theory of history essay uh which is um that you know basically follow the money who benefits and primarily sees politicians actors and actors like that as um as just self-interested and then you could sort of go in sort of the alex jones position which is um the politicians aren't just sort of uh they're not mistaken, they're just evil. Uh, they have their own goals, which is to sort of enrich themselves at the expense of everybody else. And then you, you get the arguments that, you know, are, are they part of some sort of international sort of satanic uh, grouping? Um, are they part of some sort of pedo cult, et cetera, et cetera? Um, so these seem to be the the th three sort of broad positions that could be the uh, which could be the case with um, uh, politicians. So the, the the question is, well, which of these is is true? Although I've actually admitted one so far, which is whether or not it's just because politicians are stupid, uh, which would seem to be the most, as it were, innocuous of uh, the of the reasons. Um, but um, are they really that stupid? Tim, what, what do you reckon uh, with respect to politicians and their uh, cognitive abilities? Do you think politicians are relatively sort of intelligent in certain respects? Or do you think that most of them are just sort of just a bit dumb? And so it, it's not an obvious why they enact poor policies because we we'll just don't know what a good policy would look like. I don't think they are unintelligent in the, in the way that um, someone in an institution of old would be considered unintelligent or, or some like, handicapped person if such things exist. Some people, politically correct people, would say they don't exist. But I don't think they're in that way um, um, unintelligent. They could tie their shoes. They probably could do math problems of some degree if they think math exists and so forth. Um, um, so in that regard, I don't think they're unintelligent. Um, they're also probably socially competent insofar as they can go out and do you know make friends most of these people are married or have some or maybe to multiple women or 
multiple marriages at some point. But I don't think they're I don't think they're stupid. I think the way they the stupid is it's just sort of a swear word thrown at them. I, I don't think I, I think they are in some ways they're less capable than other people. Um, uh, uh, you know, like, you know, like, is it a fallback job? I don't know. It's unclear. I don't think most I think great politicians historically are fairly capable people um, that probably could have been successful at other things, um, um, but chose to be a politician. Uh, uh, so I don't think stupidity is is uh, in general is a way to do it. Maybe do you have any further? That, that's probably my end of my comment there. I don't think they're stupid. Um, they may not be super bright or super sharp, but to get in the position of where they are, they've at least got to be sort of socially uh, adept. They've got to butter the right people up. They've got to be able to cast off people uh, when they need to. Uh, given, of course, here that I'm assuming that the goal is to climb up to some sort of uh, relatively senior office, which seems to be the goal of most politicians. I mean, even take someone like AOC. I mean, she's generally derided by conservatives as stupid. She doesn't seem hugely stupid. She has sort of odd faux pas and things. And um, and her policies are, well, far from optimal. She's not she's not sort of like part of like the urban underclass um, or uh, some sort of rural redneck who sort of just lives on his um, in the trailer park and like drinks bud. Um, I mean, I think the idea that politicians are stupid now, whether politicians are more stupid than they were historically is an, is an interesting question. Um, I mean, for instance, like Moldberg would say, uh, argue that, you know, you kind of had like parliamentary democracy for a relatively short period where the politicians kind of pulled, um, made the decisions. And whereas now that's kind of been hived off to permanent bureaucracies and stuff, that the actual sort of true power lies elsewhere now. And so it's sort of less important uh, to be there. So I think that's possibly true to some extent. Uh, I think you, if you look to say the British parliament and say the 1950s and 60s, or this could just be nostalgia, they it is probably the case that the average intelligence level was higher. But I mean, the current politician, uh, political class, at least in England, uh, are far from stupid. So I, I, I think the response that uh, politicians are somewhat stupid, which explains their significantly poor action, I, I don't really think explains it um, at, at all. Um, so then the question is, well, if they're not um, if they're not stupid, then well, are they just mistaken? Well, the thing is, well, yes, of course, they could be mistaken. They could um, think things are a good idea and they end up being a bad idea. So they could think, well, you know, what would be good for people would be to lock everybody in their houses to prevent people dying from a really, 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 really um, vicious virus which is neither particularly vicious in the grand scheme of things, nor would that policy actually achieve the goal that they attempted to, well, at least claimed that they were attempting to achieve. Um, so they are mistaken. That's true. Um, but then the question is, well, to what extent are they responsible for being mistaken? I now I don't know the exact um, legal situation here, but I'm pretty sure 
But if you say you were to run a factory and you were uh, an owner of a factory and you calibrated the machine in such a way, in an error, you, you thought it was the right way of doing it, but you did it wrong. And this led to the injury or death of um, one of your workers. Um, you would then be um, considered negligent criminally and would probably be at least fined or possibly even jailed in certain circumstances. Um, so on the sort of standard um, sort of criminal uh, law about uh, the average citizen, um, just being mistaken is not a defence uh, because the idea is, well, you should have known this um, and therefore you were negligent in not knowing it. And therefore, people have been suffered as a result of your negligence. So then the question is then, Tim, if politicians are enthralled to bad ideas, to what extent would you say that um, most politicians, obviously, we're talking about politicians talking about in general, not necessarily universally. Um, are, do you think that they are negligent uh, in uh, things that they uh, ideas that they hold? Uh, are they um, negligent? Uh, are they sort of negligent in their sort of knowledge of economics and uh, other areas such that um, they are making errors, but they are they are they are culpable for them? Well, I think this is where the minarchist anarchist dispute comes out in in full thrust here. A while back, David Friedman responded to Murray Rothbard. Murray Rothbard commented here, like um um. The problem with David Friedman is he doesn't hate the state with his gut. And David Friedman, I think, gave a good response. Now, I like both of them at this point. Um, David Friedman, I thought, gave a good response. He's, well, uh, he said, I like to do my arguing in my head and use reason instead of uh, 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 viewing people as uh, in that way. And this may lead into more, more so the, the third category, evil here. But I'm going to bring this up, point up with negligence here because I think the state has a kind of privilege – so to speak, which I think Friedman said this is like, well, it's sure just expected the state is allowed to do certain things and get away with it. Um, um, that's the purpose of the state. Now, the minarchist objectivists, I'd say, are some of the most honest statists out there um, insofar as they'll define like, you know, of course, the police are allowed to come and uh, uh, take your property back, give it back to the original rightful owner. As Hoppe would point out, this is sort of a contradiction in terms of tax paying, expropriating property protector. Um, um, but the, the state has a privilege. It just sort of assume the state is allowed to do certain things in an emergency, for example. Um, 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 so the state. So so McIntyre. I cannot find the quote that McIntyre says, but supposedly McIntyre. Considering considering what the state is allowed to do. Uh, uh, and considering that people in general assume it to be true, now that's not an argument necessarily, but people assume this, it's okay for the state to do it. Well, if people are going to go become politicians, well, people made that mistake before, so what's wrong with it? Um, um, uh, it's just it's just sort of what we assume. So like David Friedman was just saying, like you know, people run for office because it, it, they think they can be better than the other guy, or they can be half decent. So if they're negligent, well, the state's always sort of had a, a sovereign, some sort of immunity. Now, of course, the qualified immunity issue has come up, but there's sort of sovereign immunity. There's various forms of immunity. Now, of course, interestingly, if the state gets occupied 
by another state, then you get the sort of like Nuremberg things, things like that that come in. Like, but 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 most philosophers of law would say, no, I shouldn't say that. In my view, in my view, Carl Schmitt's right about this. This is just basically a a, a an well, it, it's complicated. But like, if a foreign power invades you and sets up a court to try the people here, that's a sort of dicey situation here. Um, 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 so, so I'm unclear here. I think Michelle Foucault is right that, you know, critique Chomsky for saying you're interfering with justice by, by implying a higher form of justice, which you cannot provide a basis for other than some like pure philosophy here. So like in that, in that case, it was the Vietnam war was the issue at hand. Um, um, and, and Foucault is basically saying, well, you're, you know, the state is thinking of itself as doing justly. Um, so is it negligent? Well, it depends on what your definition of negligent is. I don't, I, in the factory owner example, the factory owner, unfortunately, is a private citizen. Now, if it's a government factory, like the government vaccine, then you're allowed to actually just get away with anything. It's just, you know, which is, I think, is technically not allowed to sue it. You're not allowed to sue it there. So negligence, sure. But unfortunately, people allow the state to get away with more things than private citizens for whatever reason. That would be my long-worded response to your negligence question. I don't know if it's a good response, but that'd be my response. Well, no, that does make sense. I mean, the, the, the state is allowed to be sort of, there is an asymmetry in the way it's treated legally, that's true. Uh, but I suppose um, even if you're, even if I'm, even if my argument doesn't extend to sort of like prosecuting um, politicians, although I'm far from opposed to that necessarily, um, that um, it's sort of like an, an analogous negligence. I mean, it's clear that unlike private actors, even if you're owning like a, a firm or your or your actions, you, your actions that you engage in, I mean, they have impact on other people indirectly, but it's not as if you're changing the rules of the game. I mean, when it comes to um, like uh, policy and law, that is changing the rules of the game and thereby it directly affects other people. And if you're going to be engaged in something which directly affects other people, and by direct, I mean, it means that their taxes go up. It means what they were doing was legal and now is illegal or vice versa. You should be pretty darn sure that what you're doing is kind of a, a, a good idea. I mean, you can make the case that some politicians vote for something because it's the least bad option, and you can make some sort of consequentialist utilitarian defense of them. But I mean, maybe it's my area and some monomaniacal on it, but I mean, the, the understanding of economics is so shallow and you just get um, just terrible, um, terrible sort of policy. Uh, and people just think he's great. I mean, maybe they're just defending their party, but they genuinely don't even, would even recognize what a good possible, I mean, related, I mean, the so what was the Austrian uh, um, alternative to stimulus? Well, the problem with the question is you need to understand that what is growth, what causes growth, and why should we even care about growth? I severely doubt any major politician has even considered that question um, because that then just fill that then sort of filters into what the kind of uh, policy decisions would actually help to achieve 
that assuming of course that growth is good why should we care about it um but it, it just seems to be on a whole host of things that they, they just are negligent i mean it just seems obviously the case that they are mostly negligent um on things now you could say well it's just because i disagree with them but i mean if i was to name loads of different sort of um disputes or whatever pertaining to economics particularly would they even be know what the disputes were or who was on either side? I severely doubt it. Um, because uh, I think really, um, if we sort of just move on slightly, um, I think it's the case with politicians is, is that they're mistaken because we don't really care about being right. Because what they um, effectively are, I think, in most cases, it's pretty much just self-interested. Where in insofar as, well, what's the goal of being in politics? Well, the goal of being in politics is to climb the greasy pole to get more power um, than, uh, uh, well, as, as more power than you have before and as much as you possibly can. I mean, that pretty much seems to explain their behavior. Why did they support certain policies? Well, because they think it's popular. Why do they care about being popular? Well, because they can get reelected and they can keep their well, they can keep their salary and they can keep their power. Why do they um, advocate for um, um, certain uh, certain policies? Well, because they're being they're getting campaign donations from organisations which will be benefited from the uh, the policy that's been introduced. It seems um, pretty clear, I think, that. Politicians aren't merely mistaken. I think they, in principle, they could even know what the quote unquote the right thing to do is. But since it's not in their interest to do so, then they don't do it. I mean, Ron Paul, for instance, would be uh, a good counter example to this. But the number of sort of Ron Paul-esque politicians is, uh, well, minimal. Um, but then the question is, I mean, this is sort of the asymmetry we're talking about legally, is, well, are, if politicians just self-interested and that self-interest extends basically to at least in part, taking more stuff from other people. I mean, to what extent are politicians basically like thieves or just common criminals? I mean, so for instance, if someone burgles a house, in most cases, they don't have any particular animosity towards the owners. They don't particularly uh, care. They don't particularly just want to harm them particularly. They just want their stuff. Um, but that's kind of a criminal action because you, it's not because, because you used to have a a sufficient disregard for the well-being of somebody else, even if you're not actively seeking to sort of harm it. Um, and so it, it kind of seems that, oh, OK, we're spotting just self-interested. Well, if they're self-interested, um, in many cases, well, not all, it would seem to me that their sort of self-interest is effectively similar to that of um, a regular common criminal. Um, Tim, uh, any comments? Oh, I would entirely agree that um, that, you know, we've made the joke before a group of criminals is called a gang, a very well group is called a state. I entirely agree. Um, but the trouble is no one else, only a minority of people and thinkers see it that way. And a fairly large, coherent majority see it the other way or or are currently persuaded. And even most conservative, obviously, most conservatives aren't, aren't anarchists. Uh, much to the chagrin of Hoppe. Um, um, so the sort of, are they like common criminals? Um, well, 
this becomes, I would say, usage of word problems by definition um, in the in the current language. A criminal is a member of the state can't, by definition, be a criminal unless that state collapses. So interestingly, like Jefferson Davis was in prison. He was one of the few Confederates after the Civil War that was conf- uh, 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 they imprisoned him for two years. They eventually pardoned him, but, but before the, the, they eventually he eventually got away. I think and moved to Quebec for a while. Quebec's part of that time British Canada. Um, um, so so like in a way, um, uh, uh, it is it, it is interesting. I, I just don't think by definition they can be considered. Uh, they have that legal privilege and. It's sort of like prosecuting. I mean, in reverse, I've, in reverse, to be fair, you know, like take Derek Siobhan. I, I've heard your roundtable with Keith Preston and Todd Lewis on him. In a reverse way, I think going out and going after every low-beat cop or low-beat uh, German uh, soldier or American soldier or British soldier or French soldier or Chinese soldier or Japanese soldier will be kind of silly. Um, 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 uh, as well. Uh, uh, so yeah, I, I just don't think politicians like legislators, uh, can do it. Now, my, my guess is skin in the game matters a lot too. This is Nassim Taleb's argument here, where like most Roman emperors for all their faults would die by assassination. Now, whether that's statistically true is of some question. Um, some people, some historians might push back against that claim. I'm just going to take on authority, but in the same club knows what he's talking about. Um, um, that 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 like you know dictators generally die like drug lords. Like you know no one no one remains the kingpin for long, maybe five ten years, but then you run out of networks and then it just collapses. So in that regard, um, maybe there's more in common with drug pins. Boris Johnson and Jefferson Davis than one wants to admit. But again, that's the we're in the intellectual minority here, most people uh, 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 seem to be okay with that privilege, at least at least in general. Maybe in particular instances they aren't, um, but in general they're okay with the the, the, the sort of privilege that's allowed. So by language, I, they are like it, but no one else sees it that way. I think the purpose, well, the, the, one of the benefits of um, looking at it this way is it seems to be the case that politicians sort of oh well they're just self-interested just trying to climb the greasy pole um and i i think that they if you just look at it and go well they are actually directly harming people even if they're not intending to i mean analogously it's the same i mean they might want to make well they might want to make some other sort of defense of them well you know they're doing what they think is the best and then you can go on to you know to what extent they are culpable in not knowing things that they should have known and discussed before or whatever but whilst it is true i think people would respond in that way i do think at least pointing out to people that um i mean for instance even if you said someone well the taxation should exist um and uh, we need some state uh, provision of things if you said well, well okay Imagine a case where a politician votes for even higher taxes over and above the optimal level, which would be bad because it's in his self-interest. I mean, should we does this not seem similar to a common criminal in certain respects? Well, I think yes. 
Um, and I think you can even get people to think it, um, recognize it to be like that. It's just a question with regard to what actually constitutes criminal behavior. And then you probably at some, you're probably at some point going to get to the asymmetry of what can state can do and what the individual can do. Um, but if you get people to see beyond what they think is reasonable for the sort of the state to do, I think you might get some headway there, but I might not. I mean, I, I don't remember ever trying this on any sort of statist. Um, In, interestingly, um, at this point, many people don't regard, regard common criminals as evil. They just view them as victims of circumstances. Um, so there's a certain degree, well, they just had bad childhoods or they're, you know, there's not enough welfare or there's not enough social programs or, or they, you know, various other things. Um, so interestingly, that part of your claim, um, now, now I might regard it that way. Certain people might regard it that way. Uh, but it seems like increasingly the opposite is true. Although, although here in the United States, we've seen certain mayors of cities start to, um, start, there's a politician in Philly who got car hijacked, who was, uh, uh this is hilarious. I saw this locally, it went sort of viral locally because she had a bunch of tweets uh, about, you know, various causes about a year ago. And now she's got car, armed car carjacked in, in, in Philly. Um, in broad daylight. So I, I, I think that's, I, I, you know, again, we can, <laughs> I, I think there's a certain degree in which in this regard, uh, the older view is probably more correct here. But uh, uh, on even on that claim today, some people probably don't even agree with, with that. That would be my quick point. Sorry for interrupting. Oh, yeah, no, but even if they do, in a way, the politician is worse because is the politician generally a, a victim of poor upbringing? I mean, well, oh, unlikely. I mean, the backgrounds of most politicians are relatively middle class or at least upper working at worst. And in most cases, probably upper middle. So that's kind of unlikely. Um, so in a way, you can easily uh, apply agency to the politician that some people may withhold from the common criminal. Um, yeah, they, that. That, that's entirely true. They could be doing something else. They could be painting houses. They could be, uh, uh, you know, being ministers or whatever. But instead, they're working for the government. That's that's, that's a very interesting point. Sorry for interrupting that. No, no, no. That's good. So, so I do think politicians and, and again, I mean, as an aside, you know, I'm saying this is politicians. I, you could extend this analysis to high level government functionaries in general. Uh, people who are uh, members of the permanent bureaucracies, because as Mulberg has pointed out and sort of James Lawrence, uh, well, go back to Burnham, really, this is this is sort of where most of the sort of power and decision making takes place. You know, to our extent, I'm focusing on politicians as such, but they're sort of like the, the front of the fun and games. You know, they're part of the spectacle. They're not sort of necessarily behind the spectacle um, as such. Um, so. And I, I, I'm just quick, sorry, sorry for keeping a tribute. And no this makes them further culpable. They'll take credit for policies, um, like they don't deny credit. Like so, like they'll take credit. They'll they'll go be in the parade. Um, now they'll might run if it goes bad, but so they'll take credit for the actions too, which makes them further culpable in my mind. I think you would agree. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They they take credit for anything that they didn't do, or anything that goes well is 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 to do with them. Anything that was badly with somebody else, um, 
it, it, it's always the case. Um, so it does seem to be the case. I mean, not all politicians and not all sort of um, civil servants. I'm not sure what you call them in the States, the sort of government bureaucrats. Um, not all sort of self-interested um, in a, a, an overt sense necessarily. But it's pretty sure that if you're going to go for one explanation, it's the one that kind of explains a lot of the behavior uh, more than anything else. I mean, if you think that they're just sort of idealistic, I mean, well, they, they're just negligent. Well, and again, just in inverted commas, negligent, because they really ought to know better, given the fact that they've got hold of basically a very powerful weapon. Um, I mean, uh, it'd, it'd be like the, the advocates of like, I know, a gun control, you know, you control is something very powerful. You need to make sure you, you're up to the task of doing it. I mean, surely you should apply the same thing to politicians. Um, so I, I think that is at least uh, almost is true in, in, in many, not all cases. Now we get to probably more interesting questions, which is, are politicians sort of overtly evil? Now, uh, one thing about this, I kind of make the idea of like malevolently evil. So you could say the common criminal is evil insofar as he doesn't care about the harm he's imposing on somebody else. Um, but here I'm talking about, you know, do they do things to people because they want them to suffer injury? You know, so for instance, you know, the man who kills his brother because he marries the woman he should have married. You know, the goal is not only to uh, make himself better off in a way, but also to deliberately harm somebody else. You know, do do politicians engage in actions which are basically vindictive and uh, are done to sort of deliberately harm uh, other um, other people? So, for instance, in um, in England, for instance, there was, there was the uh, Communications Act in it's of 2003. Uh, I think the term is like, oh, no, you can be criminally culpable if there's like um, grossly offensive messaging. Yes, that's that's the one. Grossly, grossly offensive messaging. And so the question is, well, was the Malicious Communications uh, Act created um, so that they... Um, was it created to basically punish heretics? So um, it, as ever with this sort of thing, there was a woman called, I can't pronounce that, she was Chablos, who was basically advocating sort of, let's should we say, uh, Holocaust revisionism. But this is a, so apparently grossly offensive that uh, she needs to be imprisoned for it. Um, so the question is, do politicians deliberately enact um these sorts of uh actions so that they can punish uh people over and above what an individual would be legally allowed to do i mean they wouldn't necessarily punish them they'd socially ostracize or impose harm on them i mean do they deliberately engage in these sorts of actions to uh to harm uh harm people i mean that would be the um an interesting question and then related to that although this isn't uh, necessarily imposing harm a little bit on people but is it the case that the, the that uh, politicians and high level government functionaries do they involve themselves in sort of like um are there a lot of them involved in like overtly obviously quote, quote unquote evil uh, activity 
So, I mean, you get, um, uh, this is where you get sort of the um, international sort of child um, sex ring uh, arguments amongst government functionaries and the stuff relating to Epstein, although the stuff Epstein was dealing with was seen to be sort of like standards of blackmail and relatively young girls, but not that young. Um, so that's a grab bag of a, of a few things. So do you think, so for one thing, that some politicians do do go out of their way to deliberately to try and punish certain groups um, and deliberately sort of impose harm upon them? And to what extent do you think it's possible that the government uh, functionaries are engaged in what regular people will go as, well, yeah, that's just kind of evil. Now, obviously, you can get the argument, you know, are these mistaken, you know, are they just ignorant, et cetera. But just in the general use of the term evil activity, um, do you think that that is something that many or few, is that sort of rife in those sort of circles or is that just a, a creation of the minds of people who want to sort of uh, impose the dark, the 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 malevolence in the world onto certain people and um, sort of create narratives to sort of um, explain it. Hmm, I could go many ways with this answer here. Um, I think I'll go full Zizek slash Chesterton here on this answer. Um, I think on one level, on one level, uh, I could just go full Rene Yashar. On one level, politicians, political order is implied on going out and punishing some group. Um, that's what this that's what the state in practice does. Uh, different states will punish different groups here. Um, uh, in a way, a clean state might be a nightmare uh, uh, in the sense that, uh, you know, Rothbard says corruption is a good thing. I think if Rothbard said that um, because then you can sort of get away with things. Um, it's, it, but a clean state might be a nightmare because then everything, you know, it might, or maybe it wouldn't be. Um, um, so. Are they evil? Again, this hinges a lot on the sort of definition and usage of words here. So on, there's there's sort of different levels here. As I've stated, certain historical boogeymen are you're allowed to throw that at, um, and fairly or unfairly you can. Um, whether you can throw that at current politicians is of some question. Um, 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 uh, it, it's it's entirely it's entirely of it's entirely un. I can't, I can't, I can't even answer this question because I just, the the word evil has so many different meanings here. Um, well, um, all those meaning, all, all those meaning by evil is is just what people would generally consider evil. So if if you had like a, the child rapist or the child murderer, um, are they evil in that sort of colloquial sense in which people typically use the word, or as well as that they, as I said, that they deliberately go after a particular to deliberately harm them. And I suppose the assumption here is that they're in fact sort of, well, I suppose this is where they would disagree that they are innocent in a certain sense. Um, yes, but I think that goes back to my second answer, the difference between private public actors in the sense that I don't think they exist. I'm very sympathetic to the Amish position about, I, for example, did not vote in the last election, partly because I was away, um, but partly because I didn't really care. It wasn't a major election here, and partly because I was sort of annoyed that, like, you know, Jeffrey Tucker is entirely correct that Mr. Donald um, is a lot more pro the war on COVID than many people on the left paint him to be. Um, he's not like Hoover 
insofar as Hoover is viewed as a do-nothing, but actually Hoover did a lot. Same way with Trump on the war on COVID. He did actually did do a lot for, for worse, in my opinion. He's triple vaccinated, by the way, um, and supports Pfizer. But but anyway, um, that point aside, um, I'm very sympathetic to the Amish position of just not voting or, and by extension, not being involved in politics due to the corrupting nature. That's the sort of Lord Acton view. Um, but again, that sort of poses a problem of like, if you think a state is necessary, how do you have social order? Well, then again, I don't know if a state is necessary. Um, um, and if it is necessary, I'm not going to be a part of it. And I think that's one of the problems that Ron Paul, so actually Hoppe was once critical of Ron Paul. Um, um, and he was sort of like, you know, be careful about getting too much about the Masseys and the Ron Paul. As good as Massey or Ron Paul is, you know, you, you shouldn't, you should be careful in a way. Um, so are politicians evil? Again, I think my second distinction there, like, as far as like, as far as like the common person just murders his brother or I don't know, this sort of common murder here, um, um, I, are they like them? No, just by definition, you should say aren't like them. Um, um, but, but yeah, but, but people like politicians and actually I like the old word campaign. Campaign is an interesting word that's from military history. You know, you go out, you're going to go out on the campaign trail, well, you can go out and campaign against the Saxons or campaign against the French or campaign against the Ottomans or campaign against the Babylonians. Well, in a way you're going after a certain group to acquire assets and resources um, uh, uh, and to punish your and go kill the enemies, so to speak. Um, so in a way, campaign by definition is a kind of looting party. I mean, this is the problem that libertarian politicians have insofar as what do we? They don't have anything to give. They don't have the, the benefit. They don't have any benefits to give. You know, the socialists can say we're going to give this group of people uh, new TVs or or new things, and we're going to take this from this other group that's slightly more helpless. Um, um, now, again, whether Ayn Rand is like the big business or the most exploited group in the world, I, it tends to be the big businessmen are the ones doing or behind or technically behind the looting using the other people as fronts. That's my technical analysis here. Um, I think you'd probably agree with that claim, but um, it, it, it's a very it's a very complicated issue here. Uh, 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 in a way, I think to some extent, everyone's, everyone's, unless you, unless you sort of totally absolve yourself from the state, which is hard to do in a way, everyone is, is guilty. Um, as far as common people, how they view it, I'd say they're incoherent and schizophrenic. I think that's the common answer you've given me. So I'd say the common view is there. It's sort of incoherent and schizophrenic, but that'd be by. Sorry for the. I don't know if I answered the question here. That'd be about as close as an answer I could give. Well, no, no I think that's. Um, that's I, I think that's interesting. Um, what I was going to say was, um, I think sort of like punishing the heretic and so, did, so for instance, you know, was the Malicious Communication Act deliberately uh, created so that they could go after uh, heretics like uh, quote unquote the racist, the anti-Semite, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, I think that's possibly true, but then that brings a, the whole sort of problem is that, well, they don't consider them innocent. They are evil uh, and therefore need to be punished. And so this sort of, in a way, is an issue overall for sort of like the state as such, which is, well, they are sort of to punish the, the evildoer and reward the, the good. But that, that presupposes that they know what the good is and what the bad is. 
and so you could argue it's, it's, a, it's a sort of a difference on there. So you can probably, then you kind of get to high levels of ignorance as well. And then that goes back to the negligence point. You know, it, is the tribal laws really uh, genuinely evil and creating malicious, um, uh, vastly sort of obscene messages or something like that? I mean, so I, I think that kind of gets into taboos, etc. Although I, I do think it, the case that the state is imposing itself into areas where it previously wasn't doing, or at least not hasn't done for a long time, uh, and extending itself. Um, and it also does seem to be the case as well, at least from Tony Blair onwards, that um, Tony Blair intended to impose, well, he, it depends on if you say it's harm, because he, there's, there's a quote from one of his advisors, a guy called Andrew Neether, who said that the immigration policy pursued by the Blair government in the late 90s was to rub the right's nose in diversity. So they were effectively attempting to impose harm, in a sense, although um, the question of whether they could say, well, it's not really harm, you think it is. So I think that's that's very much more of like a definitional sort of conceptual issue as well. I'd be remiss just to mention a few of the things with like evil though in, in, in general. I mean, you, you get sort of like the Bohemian Grove thing. So like Alex Jones going to Bohemian Grove and there's that big sort of theatrical performance of um, sacrificing a child to Moloch. You know, do, do, are the elites sort of in, in, involved in that? I mean, it's not obvious, you know, whether that was a genuine sort of thing or was it just a, a LARPing exercise and then of course you get all the other uh, uh, sort of, uh, things related to that so uh, the, the weird Podesta emails from a few years ago with quote-unquote spirit cooking um, which is uh, weird uh, at least to some extent and then there's the, the paintings that Podesta has on, the, on on his wall of like children being sort of like looking frightened and there's lots of them in not huge amounts of clothes um, and when I say children, I mean, like, they're not like 15, they're like 10 or something like that. Um, it's not a good look, put it that way, uh, mildly. Um, and then, of course, you get, like, historically, there's things like, uh, I don't read the, the Franklin uh, child prostitution ring allegations, which are apparently found to be uh, baseless. But whether they were, I don't know. Um, in 1988, authorities looked into allegations that prominent citizens in Nebraska, as well as high-level U.S. politicians, were involved in the child prostitution ring. Um, there's also the claims from Mark Dutroux, who was a Belgian um, uh, serial killer and rapist, that actually he was sort of, um, you know, he, he was providing children to uh, very high-ranking uh, politicians and uh, government functionaries. Um, According to some commenters on this, it, it sounds a bit weird with the truth. Now, they always claim that he was just making stuff up, but apparently he wasn't very smart. He doesn't have a job. He had five houses and villas. Um, and his wife and the guy that worked with him said that the girls were ordered. And um, yeah, it, it, it seems weird. I mean, apparently some key witnesses were killed at the time of the trial. It all seems strange. Now, whether that has explicable explanations, I don't know. Um, but it is. It, of any of the more recent cases with actual evidence or well, potential evidence, it seems more more like there's something there. Uh, obviously, as well, all the, the sex allegations are always very easy to make up um, and, um, and very difficult to prove. So I, I'm always sort of dubious of that because it doesn't get rape allegations. It's like. 
Oh, who was it recently? It was um, uh, Joan Collins who said, oh, yes, um, her husband uh, raped her on on the first date, her first husband. Oh, okay. then you married him. I'm pretty sure it wasn't rape. Um, And so you you can make stuff up like that quite easily. So whether it's true, I don't know. But then the interesting question is, no, are politicians psychopathic? Um, According to some research by a guy called Hare, uh, David Hare, who was, oh, sorry, Robert Hare, uh, was a Canadian psychologist in the 1980s. Um, he came, came with a list of sort of um, uh, lists of uh, of who who would constitute a psychopath under various categories. So he has, um, you know, are they superficial, grandiose, deceitful? Do they lack empathy? Don't accept responsibility? Do they have a lack of remorse? Um, all of those in the, what we'll call the factor ones, they kind of fit in with um, basically narcissism. And then uh, the factor two stuff is, are they impulsive? Do they have poor behavioral control? Lack goals, are they irresponsible? Do they have uh, adolescent antisocial behavior? Do they have adult antisocial behavior? And if you put these two together and you have enough on there, you get um, a psychopath. Um, Now, politicians seem to be more um, prevalent in the first section, the factor ones, which is like narcissism more than anything else. Um, but it is interesting that he, uh, with some of his research, says that um, psychopathy in the um, population was about 1%, if not uh, lower, about um, half a percent. But um, there's the estimate that CEOs and business executives is about 4%. And the sort of personality profile of like um, top CEOs and sort of politicians seems to be somewhat similar. So whether this means that all politicians are psychopaths no it doesn't does it mean that they're probably a greater proportion of them yes and if they are would they be more likely to engage in sort of what you could refer to as evil behavior possibly i mean certainly uh the sort of psychopathic stuff would would explain the not the malevolently evil stuff but like the the pure self-interest stuff and being completely disregarding of the uh of the overall effects, uh, I think that would certainly be true. So, Tim, what do you think about the sort of more conspiratorial um, allegations about politicians and government functions? And, and do you think that politicians are psychopaths? As far as the conspiracy uh, is concerned, I agree with Tim Dillon, who was just recently on the Lex Friedman show. Uh, sometimes these just become the news. This is this is where David Friedman is actually wrong. Um, and Rothbard is right. I agree with Tim Dillon here that some of these things, who's recently on the, the the Lex Friedman show, that some of these things just become the news as far as conspiracy theories are concerned. This is very much contra David Friedman. You know, you should have, sometimes do have to argue with your your belly, so to speak, not your head, um, that these people are just out it for for base base uh, desires, so to speak. Um, I think I think the sort of pedophilia accusations would be considered a base desire. I think Aquinas would probably agree with that. Um, not a good look, so to speak. Um, whether they are true and can be substantiated is of some question. I think it's a danger, as Lex Friedman just pointed out, to always see these things, then you sort of get the opposite problem too. Um, as far as the as far as the psycho as far as the psychology point is concerned, I, I remain suspicious of psychology in general. 
because of the exception. I'm not so suspicious of Freud. I think Freud, his Civilization Discontents essay is outstanding. But I, I, empirical psychology, I, I'm very, I'm very suspicious of. Of, but it is interesting that they might have a higher rating here. Um, um, you know, the, you know what counts as sociability, you know, what counts as empathy, and what counts as these things. You know, partly because I might end up on one of these lists, or at least partly on these lists here. So, so I'm, I'm very, I'm very, um, I'm very sympathetic. To, <laughs> you know, you know, it's, it's sort of uh, there are other episodes we get on whether people are good, bad, or evil. I think Socrates basically thinks that. You know the the goal is to live in harmony here, um, and and I just think this is this is one more area in which which it doesn't seem technically possible with humans as constructed as they are, or a certain percentage of humans as they constructed as they are in a scarce world. Now whether the scarcity would solve it all um, is of some question here, but I'm going off of sort of deeper waters here here. So I am sus- I'm suspicious of the the psychologists who who make these claims here um and there are sort of repeatability and various other other manners but on the conspiracy point I, I would agree they just become the news i think um it depends how you uh, think it in terms of what you constitutes a, a psychopath but I, I, I do think it would certainly make sense for basically well i suppose most people who end up in highly competitive highly powered jobs would likely be um psychopathic in certain respects um because otherwise they wouldn't have got where they 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 needed to be they wouldn't have like climbed over somebody when they could have done because if someone else would have done they would have got to the top now of course you could imagine situation in which that kind of behavior is not rewarded and punished but um that seems not um, <coughs> to be the case to be so with it, i'm just going to quick respond to be fair though to be fair in certain cases, that behavior, if directed correctly, is virtuous. I think, I think you forwarded me a um, you forwarded me a video of some absurd thing that German school students were had to do, and I said if if you direct those people to a good action, they would do they would do that good action to the, the highest level. So like discipline, you know, if you have discipline, you know, you could be you know like this sort of like a motivational speaker 101 type thing. Yeah, so so I I'm you know like like even politicians who are evil, they are interesting because I think they are disciplined to get where they are. They have to keep their mouths shut when they need to and and so forth. So a lot of their skills are virtuous in the McIntyre sense. They're virtuous in themselves. Now maybe they're directed to abort a bad goal, um um um, or, and maybe that's by design. But I I think I think in there there is. There is some virtue there. I, you know, to climb an organization. Now maybe maybe the goal you shouldn't do it. And this is Hayek's argument in the why the worst get on top in the road to serfdom here. That that by definition the selection effect is terrible. You know, it's like a mafia organization. You have to kill someone to get there. That's true. I agree. But then, but that's just, but but people just don't view the state that way. So it, it that that on that level it doesn't it doesn't show up. But sorry for interrupting there. No 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 no. Um... I, I think that's true. Um, I mean, that gets back to the earlier point. I mean, it shows that the politicians aren't stupid. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't be able to form, uh, have these goals to achieve and be calculating to, to get Here's that. a question for you, Swithin. Would you hire, if you were running a restaurant, 
would you hire Fauci or Boris Johnson to run the bookkeeping department? Or let's say as a waiter. I think the answer is obviously yes. They passed the minimum standard of, of I would hire him as a taxi driver. I wouldn't have any I, problem. I, I'd hire Fauci. Um, Boris Johnson is completely inept. He's not stupid. He's lazy. He's really lazy um, and um, can't make decisions at all. Uh, there was a story I read recently about, you know, how he just couldn't decide on how to lay out the front of the newspaper he was editing. Oh, sorry, a magazine he was editing. I choose Fauci every time. Fauci is is significantly more capable. Now, Johnson is not stupid. That's not true. He he just has um, carrot. Hmm. He has he'd character good, issues. He'd, he'd be a good cab driver because he could cut corners. Oh, and get yeah, you there quickly. yeah, yeah. Oh, cab driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he could do if he'd be a cab driver, that'd be fine. Maybe as a waiter, he might be quite like entertaining. Like he's doing quite well, but he might just like just not take the plates. I suppose no, I suppose he probably would. Fauci is competent in a in a in a technical sense, much more than Johnson is, uh, I would say. Johnson's very bluff. Whereas Fauci Fauci knows when he's lying. I don't think Johnson does. He just does it out of habit. Um now I could be wrong on that, but but yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised if Johnson was so inept that he couldn't be a waiter. Let me put it that way. Uh, it might be true, but I, I think it's unlikely. But uh, any any final comments, Tim, on as to whether politicians are evil, um, sorry, uh, stupid, evil, or mistaken? No, I, this is a very interesting discussion. It sort of follows up on our the first discussion, which was on Socrates and Aquinas and things and. Plato's dialogue. So I, very interesting idea, very interesting discussion. Thanks for having it. Thank you for joining as ever. Uh, now, I'd just like to thank everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And please subscribe to us on YouTube and Podbean. The higher, the more subscribers we get, the higher we get in the search rankings and the more people can access this material. And if you'd like to contact the show for any reason, please contact us at mindcryinglibertyshow at gmail.com. That's mindcryinglibertyshow at gmail.com. Oh, 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 oh,